up evidence. Sachs said, I'll call Dr. Sherman and reschedule your hospital visit, Rhyme. We'll worry about that later. Now we've got a rapist out there. Who knows what he's up to at the moment? Probably targeting somebody else. Let's move. Every minute we delay is a gift to the perp. Amelia Sachs couldn't say exactly how she understood it, but she knew that the man leaning against a wall across the street from the Museum of African American Culture and History was armed. As she approached the scene, Sachs was greeted by a blonde NYPD uniform, so young he had to be a rookie. He said, Hi there, I was the first officer. I... Sachs smiled and whispered, Don't look at me. Keep your eyes on that garbage pile up the street. Man or not, two o'clock, he's carrying. Bless him, the rookie, with spiky little boy hair as shiny beige as caramel, kept looking at the garbage. The perp? You think it's the perp in the assault? Don't know, don't care. I care about the fact that he's carrying. Sachs continued toward the museum. Sir, please keep your hands where I can see them. Are you carrying a weapon? Yep, and it's bigger than what I used to carry when I was a cop. Work in security? That's right. Let me see your ticket. His carry permit and security guard's license were in order. He was legit. At the entrance to the museum, Lon Salito asked, Pulaski, you were first officer? Yes, sir. What's the story? I, I was standing right about there, and this girl comes up to me, all upset. She was working on a term paper or something on the fifth floor, and this guy attacks her, white, six feet, wearing a ski mask. I found his rape pack upstairs. You looked in it? Sachs asked, frowning. With a pen, that's all. I didn't touch it. Good. A honk sounded as the bus arrived from the crime scene unit HQ in Queens. Hey, detective, the driver said, getting out. Sachs nodded a greeting to him and his partner. She knew the young men from prior cases. She pulled off her jacket and weapon, dressed in white Tyvek overalls, which minimized contamination of the scene. Give me a hand with the bags, she asked hefting one of the metal suitcases containing basic evidence collection and transport equipment. You bet. So, she's crime scene, thought Thompson Boyd, watching the woman walk back and forth in the library. He wasn't concerned about what she might find. He'd been careful, as always. He was standing in the sixth-floor window of the building across 55th Street from the museum. From his prison days, Thompson knew a lot about law enforcers, he could spot the talented cops, the smart ones, the ones who were a threat, like the woman he was looking at right now. He leaned against the wall and continued to study the woman in white. How does it look, Sachs? Good, she replied to Rhyme via their radio connection. Good means what? He forgot the rape pack. Did he now? Might be as good as his wallet for IDing him. What's he got in his? It's a little weird, Rhyme. He's got the typical duct tape, box cutter condoms, but there's also a tarot card. Picture this guy hanging from a scaffold. There were some voices in the background at Rhyme's. He said in an odd, troubled tone, Finish up and get back here soon, Sax. Rhyme, what's the matter? I have to go, Sax. It seems I have some visitors. Who? But he'd already disconnected. Two girls stood in front of him, and though their physiques were totally opposite, it was the difference in their eyes that Lincoln Rhyme noticed first. This is Geneva Settle, explained the calm patrolwoman, Jennifer Robinson, nodding at the slim girl, the one with the unwavering eyes. 
And this is her friend, Lakeisha Scott. Lose the gum, Lakeisha. You're all right, Rhyme asked. Geneva nodded. I am too, Lakeisha said. He attacked both of you? No, not me. Lakeisha looked him over. You like that actor broke his neck? That's right. And you can't move nothing? Not much. Damn. Keish, Geneva whispered. Chill, girl. Just, you know, damn. Rhyme's phone rang, and he was grateful for the interruption. Rhyme? Sax's voice said. It was a particular tone. Something was wrong. What is it? The scene was hot, after all. He was there? Yep, never left, or doubled back. What happened? Got up close into an alley, fired four shots. He wounded a bystander, and he killed a witness. His name was Don Barry. He was in charge of the library at the museum. He took three rounds in the heart, died instantly. All right, Sax, come on back with what you found. Command, disconnect. He looked up and found the two girls staring at him. It looks like the man who attacked you didn't leave after all. He killed the head librarian and... Mr. Barry? A gasp from Geneva Settle. Why? Why did he do it? He was a witness, I'd guess. He could identify the man who attacked you. Twenty minutes later, Sax and Salito arrived at Rhymes, accompanied by a young blonde patrol officer named Pulaski. I understand you're staying with a relative? Sax asked Geneva. My uncle. He's living at our place till my folks get back from London. Salito turned to the girls. Did you see anyone following you today? Anybody hassling you recently, hitting on you? Neither of them could think of anybody who'd seemed to be a threat. Embarrassed, Geneva said, Not exactly a lot of stalkers come around after me. They'd be looking for a, a little more booty, you know? Blingier? Blingier? Girl mean flashy, translated Lakeisha. The outer door slammed, and a few moments later, Mel Cooper entered the room. Cooper was a born scientist, but even more important, he was a born forensic scientist. He had the trappings of a computer game nerd with a Woody Allen physique, but looks were deceiving. Cooper's longtime girlfriend was a tall, gorgeous blonde. Together they would sail in unison across ballroom floors in dance competitions in which they were often top champions. Rhyme briefed him on the case, and they turned to the evidence. The tech opened the bag containing the rape pack, then paused. I smell something, Sachs said. Jasmine, I think it's Jasmine. On the chart, Rhyme announced. What chart? Cooper asked, looking around. In each of his cases, Rhyme made whiteboard charts of evidence found at crime scenes and profiles of the perps. Start one, he ordered, and we need to call him something. Somebody give me a name. No one had any inspiration. Rhyme said, no time to be creative. October 9th today, right? 10, 9. So he'll be unsub 109. Wearing latex gloves, Mel Cooper looked through the bag. He took out the tarot card first. It showed a man hanging upside down by his foot from a scaffold. Mean anything to you? Geneva shook her head. Sachs said, I called a specialist about the card. Good. Shoes, Rhyme demanded. Sachs produced the electrostatic print. The tread marks were worn, so the shoes were old. Size 11, Cooper announced. What about a brand? Cooper ran the image through the department's shoe tread database and came up with a match. Bass brand shoes, walkers, at least three years old. They discontinued this model that year. What's the trace situation? 
Cooper was poring over the evidence collection bags containing the tiny particles that had adhered to Sachs's trace collector, which was a sticky roller like the kind for removing lint and pet hair. His analysis revealed that the fibers shed by the killer were plant-based rather than animal or mineral, and they were thick. I'm betting it's cotton rope, Rhyme suggested. Yep, that's it. Generic, though. No manufacturer. I'd speculate the rope's a garrot. We've seen that before. It could be this was the intended murder weapon. Oh, these are nasty, Cooper said softly. The gun's small, a twenty-two, but they're magnum rounds. What did you mean by nasty? <laughs> Take a look. Explosive rounds? No, almost as bad, maybe worse. The outer shell of the bullet's thin lead. Inside, the slug was filled with these. There were a half dozen tiny needles, about three-eighths of an inch long. Upon impact, the bullet would shatter, and the pins would tumble in a V-pattern throughout the body. Though the slugs were small, they'd do far more damage than regular rounds. The results on these slugs, though, came back negative. The needles themselves appeared to have been broken off the end of sewing needles, the sort you could buy anywhere, untraceable. Never easy, is it? Cooper muttered. We got a rapist with funky bullets, a bloody rope. Man is a walking nightmare. The doorbell rang, and a moment later, Tom ushered in a woman in her twenties, his arm around her shoulders. Look who's here. The slim woman had spiky purple hair and a pretty face. Her stretch pants and sweater revealed an athletic body, actually a performer's body, Rhyme knew. Kara, good to see you again. I deduce you're the specialist Sachs called. Kara was an illusionist and performance artist who had helped Rhyme and Sachs as a consultant in a recent murder case.